Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey everyone, Katie and I just wanted to pop on here quick and first off just say thank you so much for supporting us and listening to us. If you're listening on Spotify, please make sure that you're following us. You can do that by going to our show page and hitting the green follow button. That way our new episodes will always show up on your homepage so you never miss a new episode. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please make sure that you're subscribed over there and while you're there, leave us a rating and review. And you can also check out all of our episodes on our YouTube channel and you can also catch our exclusive video only pre show there. Make sure that you're subscribed to that channel and that you hit the notification bell so you get notified whenever new episodes go up every single week. Thank you guys again so much for supporting Popcorn Chats and Katie and I. We appreciate each and every one of you more than you know. Buckle up because it's gonna be (laughs) a long ride. It's gonna be a wild ride. (laughs) No one cares but we're gonna tell you anyways. This is Popcorn Chats. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Popcorn Chats. I'm Katie. And I'm McKay. And this week we're talking about another new movie, Wonder Woman 1984, the second Wonder Woman film. Just came out on HBO Max, uh, starring Gal Gadot, directed by Patty Jenkins. And we're about to get going here. So, how are you? (laughs) I thought I was going to hiccup. I didn't. Um... (laughs) I'm fine. I'm sad that Christmas is over. We, like, undecorated our whole house already because we have my brother's dog, who is, like, a terror, and Mm -hmm. he's at our house, so we were certain that he was going to break something or, like, throw a toy into the Christmas tree. So we already undecorated, which is a little bit of a bummer. It's just kind of, like, sad to have that all packed up, but Mm -hmm. honestly, it's fine. I'm kind of just in, like, a neutral mood. I'm taking the week off of work, actually, which I should say yeah. is fun. And I'm looking forward to a whole week of chilling. That's How about you? Nice. I'm fine. I think I'm feeling that weird, like, post-Christmas, too. And it's just, like, a weird time. I think I'm so used to, like, coming home from working really hard at school and, like, coming home for a much-needed break and then, like, going back to normal everyday routine. But it just feels like doing the same thing. (laughs) It's literally just the same day over Mm -hmm. and over again, and I'm so sick of it. But then it's like, oh, it's Christmas, you know? So I don't know. It just felt weird, and I'm just kind of, like, waiting to get back to normal life still. But obviously we're not going back to that. Like, 2021 isn't gonna happen and then the virus is gonna go away obviously Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of depressing and of course like everybody on tv everybody everywhere is just like goodbye 2020 and it's like what do you mean by that like what is your plan they think that as soon as that clock runs down everything gone everything forgotten (laughs) everything's perfect no. What planet are you on? A friend of mine tweeted the other day. She was like, I'm convinced that we're all living through different pandemics. And that is the truest thing I've read in a while. Just for the love of God, people. Katie and I have lived through um, the same pandemic, I think. <laughs> but Essentially, yeah. Oh, help. Anyways, that's just enough catch up, I think, for me. <laughs> Yeah, let's just jump in. Yeah. Let's just dive right in. Um, Katie, do you have a standout star? Or or should we start with that? Or should we do, should like real briefly, 
Kate, actually, I just want a one-word answer. First movie or second movie? First. First. Okay. We'll get into that later, but I just wanted to know right off the bat, because I was just curious, like, your thought right there. Okay. Do we need to do Standout Star? I didn't put it down. Okay, I didn't either. Because it's 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 Diana. Yeah, it's her. Great. Glad we can agree. We are breezing through here, people. (laughs) Yeah. Standout scene. Do you have a standout scene? I have a couple. Um, why don't you go first? The first one is going to be the opening scene with those games and mascara. Okay. That was just fun. I don't yeah. really think it necessarily like did much for the rest of the movie, but I don't care, honestly. It was just fun. I love seeing that island again. I think it's so beautiful. All those women, not a dick in sight. We love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, just women doing awesome stuff and being badasses, like all yeah. on their own. Yeah. We love to see it. So yeah, I loved that opening scene and then the road action sequence like that's about halfway through the film when i forget what country they're in but when they're like chasing down pedro pascal's character it just felt very fast and furious-esque to me they have a few different scenes just like that in the fast and furious franchise and if you don't know gal gadot was in the fast and furious franchise before she was wonder woman and it just it gave me all the nostalgia of her being in that franchise and i really liked her character in there and was really sad when she was killed off i liked that scene sequence but I also just liked it because it gave me Fast and Furious vibes I really liked kind of the film's climax when everything was going to shit the missiles were all setting off and Alistair is running around and like it's literally the apocalypse end of the world the thing that everybody was so afraid of back in the 80s like literally both Russia and America being like all right fuck it we're <laughs> launching the missiles I thought it was very well done to have us walk through there's a couple moments actually where Diana and uh, Steve are walking through the chaos together and then after she like parts with him then it's like her by herself and I just like seeing the different ways that people are reacting to this situation I don't know I thought it was a really well done like one shot through all of Mm -hmm. that Max the kind of villain character I he genuinely did a very good performance when he's like running towards his son at the end Mm -hmm. these are all kind of like not the same moment but like tied to the same thing yeah i love pedro pascal at the end there i just i really like him in general i just i love to see him in this i thought he did a good job he gave a really strong performance especially in that moment like i shed a tear because it was good cute yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was just gonna say that actually i should have brought this up beforehand but when you said that it's out on hbo max i think it should just be noted that so obviously because of this year this movie was supposed to come out long long time ago like it was supposed to be back in the spring i think was its original release or something or like it was gonna be a summer blockbuster obviously it's gotten pushed back a lot but it was the most successful theater opening since the pandemic because some theaters were open and showing it so snaps and claps to Wonder Woman for that, for at least bringing like some kind of audience back to the theater. Yeah. Um, and also now it's been announced that they're going to do a third one, even though they're like, with great uh, turnout, the third one's going to happen. But then like later on the in the article, it's like, it's always been planned to be a trilogy. And I'm like, yeah, you're not fooling anyone here. We yeah. all knew that you were going to make a third. Patty Jenkins is going to return to cool. the third one as well. I think it's cool when a director sticks with something 
throughout the entire franchise, which, and it's also rare too, you Mm -hmm. know, like Harry Potter, Hunger Games all had different directors. So that's kind of comforting to me, I guess, because I like, although I do like seeing different people's interpretation of the same story and world, Mm -hmm. it is kind of comforting then to know like what to expect and you're keeping the same look and the same vibe. And the moment that you were talking about at the beginning of the film, I liked that we were able to return there, even though it's been so long since Diana has been there and like hasn't been able to return to there obviously since she left in 1918 or whatever (laughs) and I thought it kind of tied in like with the truth being the only thing it showed us her upbringing and how Mm -hmm. like with her great powers comes this great responsibility that she had to learn like she didn't always know that and then so when Kristen Wiig's character which we can get into later but when she gets granted that power she doesn't handle it in the same way because she didn't have the same like upbringing as Diana so like I said before my audio so really interrupted me I don't know if it necessarily met my expectations I think it almost changed my expectations in a way I just had such high expectations after the first movie I think the first movie is like pretty close to perfect for me it kind of like hits everything that I wanted to hit and this one I think it's just so different from the first that I don't know it just it took me a few days to kind of like digest and get used to and like understand and sitting on it more I like it more if we would have recorded immediately after watching it I think my view on it would have been a lot different than it is now after being able to kind of like take some time and reflect I definitely enjoyed the first or just liked the first one better and I agree with you that they are very different I think part of that has to do with like the different time periods that they both take place in I felt like this one was a lot more superhero-y if that makes sense. Whereas the first one just felt like an introduction to this badass woman. I feel like you're much better at going into movies having like accepted them for what they are. Whereas I struggle to like manage my expectations, you know? Mm. I just always have like this annoying critical voice in the back of my head. And that's probably why I'll never finish writing my movie because I keep being like, nobody will like this. You're really bad. And this is stupid. (laughs) I also don't love superhero movies. We know this, right? Okay. I haven't seen any of the Marvel bullshit. I've seen like Iron Man once and that's it. I've seen the first Wonder Woman movie and I really enjoyed it. And I think that's just because it didn't feel super superhero-y there were the moments where like her Mm -hmm. theme song is playing and she's like kicking ass but it's it feels different because like it's a woman and I know that's like potentially problematic to say but there's like an elegance to the way that she fights that is like very Mm -hmm. pleasing for me to watch there's a lot more and granted I haven't seen a lot of other superhero movies but there's like a lot of slow motion and it's very like focused on her movements and it's not like sexualizing her in any way it's Mm -hmm. like very focusing on her strength but also I was very drawn to the story of Wonder Woman and just this character who is looking out for the greater good no matter what and is like untainted by the human world but when she comes in contact with the negative aspects of mankind she still wants to fight for us and I know that's like a common trait of superheroes is like do good no matter what but I don't think there's 
many other superheroes that like are just so pure and good and then come into contact with mankind and still believe in us like that. So I was just really drawn to that. And I didn't feel like we got the same Diana in this movie. She's lived among mankind for longer and she's kind of changed and she did say in the first movie because I went back and rewatched that she does say like I'll never be the same now my main point was just that I'm not super into superhero movies and this one felt a lot more like superhero-y and I think I'll just leave it at that for now it had less common superhero themes I thought but the action sequences and things felt more superhero-y than the first one like I agree I think the first one was more elegant I think you like put that very well and this one felt just more like flashy and like oh look at her flying across this mall multiple times no man's land scene in the first one that's one of my favorite scenes of all time and I think the way that that scene is done is beautiful or I thought the mall sequence was kind of like what is this yeah (laughs) if I'm being honest I didn't love that fight sequence at all neither did I and I don't understand really how that was aiding the story and that was definitely the scene that made me feel like this is like a comic book almost which I get Mm -hmm. that that's what this is based on like when she's like winking at the kids and like punching the bad guy like it felt very hokey and a big departure from like the first film and again i'm not like the biggest superhero movie fan either i've seen like a few of the marvel movies but i'm not like invested in them i'll sit down and watch them if someone wants to but like if someone doesn't make me i'm not going to i liked wonder woman because it was very different and i was like drawn to her character and i am very excited for three but i don't necessarily think that like this is going to be a movie that i'm going to go back and like constantly want to rewatch. like it, it like i do with the first movie yeah obviously watching the previews for this and not having read the comic books i have no background information about wonder woman but i'm watching the previews and steve is allowed and well so I'm like my one and only question going into this is how are they gonna make that happen because I think we all know that Katie doesn't really like you know somebody randomly coming back from the dead that's really what turned me off with Pretty Little Liars like I couldn't watch it anymore because I was like all these bitches are coming back from the dead and I can't handle it I have that was one of my questions do you like that Steve came back in this movie I love Steve I love his character there are certain things that he does that I really don't appreciate but he's a delightful man and he's so sweet and I loved seeing him again in this but I don't the wishing rock I get that it's like the center of this film and I do love what it turns into you know everything that happens but At the beginning, when that was, like, what it was, I was like, no fucking way. You're making Wonder Woman wish upon a rock, and this man just, like, magically appears. And then I was so confused. I was like, so he's him, but he's not. He's in another dude's body. Like, why Why do other people, like, get their full wish, but then Steve, like, has to be another person? You know what I mean? Like, why was... What was the point of that? If I think about it logistically, though, like, everyone would want potentially to raise someone from the dead and like you can't do that so I I like kind of get it I kind of get it too but it just felt like a lot I was like they're in some random guy's apartment and also like she knew him for a week back in like 1918 
and she's willing to like literally let the world explode for this man. That's what I mean when I say this isn't the same Diana. Maybe it's just me <laughs> constantly buying into a romance. <laughs> I think because she had never really known love on this island. And like that's the point of like her character is that like she just has compassion and love for people. And she finally found someone who like she loved on like a deeper level and something. And that's like her first love. Yeah. And they went through a lot together. So I buy that she wants him back. And like that was a loss for her. For sure. And I kind of like that this tone of her being like in a funk and like a little disenfranchised. And she says at one point in the movie, she's like, why am I constantly having to do stuff for other people and save other people, but I can't have this one thing? Like, I literally just want one thing and I can't have it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're right, Diana. Like, why can't you have this one thing? So I kind of get it why she wants him back. And someone who, like, was her first introduction into the world and, like, made her safe and valued Mm -hmm. i buy it too and i also i think their chemistry is great like Mm -hmm. it's very believable to me that they both really love each other i don't know what it is i just was like and i mean he's with it too he's like you could literally have anybody like what about this guy he seems nice (laughs) like the person that he becomes i don't know i get it i'm a sucker for like true love it's cute i love that they got to have a more proper goodbye yeah in this one and that she one could like hear it yeah (laughs) because she didn't really hear the last one and that i think they got the closure that they needed Mm -hmm. at least like she got the closure that she needed to move forward and as we obviously saw towards the end of the film she starts like engaging with strangers where she didn't really do before or like she started noticing her surroundings more and i like that she was able to find that in this movie and i'm sad that like chris prine chris pine probably won't be in the third one like i think his character is done for now um he is my favorite chris so i'll be disappointed to see him go but i just i like that he was still able to be in this one i'm glad that he was back i also thought it was really cute that like in the first one he was like showing her the world and then in this one like she was showing him like it's kind of cute that was one of my favorite moments the montage of him just like trying on the clothes and then them like going to the space place and he's like what the like that was just adorable yeah i loved that there were a lot of parallels to the first with that but just like reverse like the reverse fish out of water effect then from like diana on the first one to now being steve in this one yeah and again it never made steve look dumb right either it was more like child wonderment almost and i appreciated that i don't like it when it's a fish out of water scenario but they make the person look stupid agreed i liked that i love the clothing try on haul and then i liked the full circle moment at the end that the outfit that steve tried on he was like what do you think i like like this than that that character at the very end had it on yeah um i just thought that was cute like a lot of small little moments that if you're not necessarily like paying attention or like thinking about and trying to draw those you would miss them yeah also the moment when her and steve are flying in the plane and she's like i think i can make us invisible and uh when he's talking about like the radars and stuff and he's just like well shit diana yeah like, that was a great use of the swear word allowance for a pg-13 rating you know that trend on tiktok right now that it's like if you could put an f-bomb in any disney movie <laughs> where would you put it that's kind of like with this because you can't get away with many swear words yeah. in pg-13 ratings so yeah i appreciated their usage i thought it was funny that was a funny moment Although, again, like, with 
the plane. There were certain moments in this film that I felt like I was being asked to continue to like suspend my disbelief even further, if that makes sense. I understand that I'm like not a comic book reader and I don't think like every film needs to be made for everybody. I am assuming that people who love DC Comics and everything are going to appreciate this more or people who are into superhero movies are going to appreciate this more. There were certain moments like that that just took me out of it and I felt kind of isolated and like I didn't know. I didn't fully know this character because I missed something or like I haven't read a piece of like background material. Does that make sense? I was like, I didn't think she could just make things invisible. I guess like the fact that she we find out at the end of the first movie that she is like a god that just kind of is like an all encompassing thing. It just felt like, okay, the first movie asks you to believe that there's like this group of exceptional people who exist in the world. And I'm like, okay, I can buy into that. And like, that's what I believe is part of this world. And then the second movie is like, and there's this magic wishing rock that also exists that can bring people back from the dead. And it just is like, uh, okay, I'm adding to the list of things that I have to like bring into this world. I don't know if anything that I'm saying makes sense, but. I buy into it because I see it as an exploration of her powers. And in the first movie, we see her like, she already knows that she's powerful, but she is like learning certain things as she goes that she can do. Yeah. So then I see this as her like furthering, continuing what her powers all encompass with Mm -hmm. that being like making things invisible. And then when she's learning to fly, like I see that just as like her only becoming more powerful. And as she grows, she learns new skills. But I think that also comes from how you said you're not a comic book reader. I come from a perspective of reading a lot of fantasy books where like people all of a sudden find out they have powers or like there's a magic sense that they can like learn and the gradual build of power makes sense from those worlds in this world. So for me, I don't necessarily get taken out of it as much, but I think that's because I, it's not like a new concept for me to see. That's a lot more helpful and like makes way more sense, like a gradual build. It's kind of like a rise and fall because then Steve being back is like drawing away from her powers. Mm -hmm. There's like this other person who also is like her because their wish got granted. So yeah, I like the way that you explain that, that then after she renounces her wish, then it's like another gradual build and she learns to fly. Yeah, so I can only imagine then, like, what in the third movie it would be. I think it would really throw me off if in the first movie she was like, I'm super powerful. I can fly. I can make things invisible. I'm a god killer. Like, that, I think, would have been too much at once. But I I like the buildup. Well, should we quick just touch on... You talked about this magic rock. And that's, like, basically the thing of this film. And which is one of the things that I think kind of is a superhero-ish trope of, like, this rock... Like, this magical thing that that grants great things for the world, but then it ends up bringing ruin. Like, I think you can draw similarities from other stories like this. But for this movie, it is, like, a pretty deep message of, like, a meaning for wishing for things and then it not being how you envisioned when you finally get what you want. And I also watched Soul on Christmas as well, which is the new Disney Pixar movie. Fantastic. I really loved it. I don't think my parents vibed, but I vibed (laughs) with it. It's kind of like that with this of, like, 
like he finally gets what he's been working for and like what he fought death for so much and then he's like is this it and that's just kind of like a deep message yeah. honestly of people constantly like want and want and work towards things and then when you get it you look back and you can be like was this even worth it like I yeah. this isn't what I thought it would be and in a way I liked that more than the first one because in the first one Diana pretty much just wants to find Ares and yeah. that's the basis where this one does is more like of a meaningful parallel to real life but I think it makes for a more blah action movie where like the first one is obviously a lot of like fighting sequences war she's obviously trying to find the god of war and death but it's just like Pedro Pascal has now become this wishing machine basically and people are like disenfranchised with their lives the thing that this film does for diana's character is show that she now has a better understanding of the human race but still Mm -hmm. is sticking around and is willing to you know fight for us every day by like being a superhero and going to help people Mm -hmm. when they're in trouble i like how in the first film the kind of I agree with you that she's like on the hunt for this bad guy, but underneath that, you know, she's learning about humankind and, you know, maybe the war is their fault and not this evil gods. And like, she's not necessarily sure. And it's this whole battle between do they deserve you or not, Diana? I like the progression of that in this film and just how what she says about like, you're not the only person who wants something and who wishes for a different world. The message of just like, there is not a single person on this earth who is like completely content. However, Mm -hmm. if everybody got what they wanted, everything would conflict with each other and we wouldn't have, that's not within human capability to like have a perfect world. I, I really liked that message. And when she's like showing everybody the truth with her truth Mm -hmm. rope, I really liked that. Because she brought him back from the brink, too, of, like, this point of no return of, like, why would I give up everything that I want and all this power? And, like, all it takes is the truth to show him, like, oh, I do renounce it. And she does that Mm -hmm. within a matter of, like, two minutes. Yeah, what you said about Diana, like, the change in her character and, like, how she sees the human race, um, I think that was one of the things that was so different between the two movies for me, which is why I think, like, I needed the time to kind of, like, digest it. Because in the first one, Diana is, like, optimistic and, like, really powerful and a little naive, but, like, really determined and focused on her goal. In this one, she's been exposed to the horrors of the world and people. She's lost the one that she's loved, the one that she loves. And she's right when she says that she's, like, people kind of bring this upon themselves but yet like I'm always around to help out and like is a little disenfranchised and less enchanted with the world and a little jaded which I liked because it makes her feel more of a three-dimensional character and more of a three-dimensional person and just like more encompassing of like a broad range of emotion we're not saying that diana in the first one doesn't have that she does towards the end more so yeah but i think it just really uh like built on that from the first film a lot and while it was disappointing and certain in certain sequences to see her power weak. It was also kind of cool because I feel like whenever you watch superhero movies, they're like, oh, so badass. They're untouchable. Like nothing can happen to them when they're fighting. Especially like Diana in the first one, pretty much. Like she never really runs into any issues when she's in a battle. Right. And in this one, it was just kind of humanizing to see a character that like 
seemingly has it all not have it all even like superheroes you know yeah. feel pain and um like struggle and lose you and i both have talked about how we appreciate like humanizing of the bad guy or whatever mm-hmm. i liked that because max could have easily been the like stereotypical like all bad unredeemable but and even like the introduction of his son i was like this just makes me hate him more like i was like is this supposed to make me like him that he has this kid around because he's treating the kid like shit like what are you doing here but then at the end i just like broke down when he was running towards him and like screaming out his, his son's name and everything i was so caught off guard by how how well patty jenkins kind of snuck in there like the humanization of this man and mm-hmm. like how she made me understand so quickly and like seamlessly why he did what he did yeah i just like that cuz i think so often in superhero movies there's the villain And there's the good guy and like no gray area. Diana goes into the gray area a little bit in this movie when she's like, no, screw all these people. I just want what I want. And same with Max in this one. Like he's destroying the world, but he's doing it because he's like, you know, had this kind of hard childhood and just wanted to be great. And his son just wants Mm -hmm. him to be great, too. And he wants to be like a better person for his son. That's why I love Star Wars. There's a lot more gray. (laughs) And the good and bad, I don't, I'm sorry, I won't bring it up again, but I'm just saying, like, that's why Marvel movies just, like, don't necessarily do it for me, because it's very, this is a good person, this is a bad person, and I don't always like that. Or not, I don't always like that, I don't like that. It bothers me. Yeah. I do want to talk about the ending really quick, just because you kind of brought that up, that you liked the ending, and I agree, I do like the ending. But did it feel a little anticlimactic to you? Like, the first movie's ending was a wow moment. But Diana literally sat on the floor and pleaded to people in this one. I'm not saying that I didn't like it, but it just felt a little anticlimactic to me. Yeah, like there's no big fight sequence. Besides her and Kristen Wiig's character, I think like that was supposed to be the fighting. It wasn't Because it's not... No, we can get into Kristen Wiig in a second, but I do want to, <laughs> but I but... feel like she's going to be a big discussion, which is why I've been like holding off on that one so far. Yeah. It's hard because it's not like she could have had a fight sequence with Max. Like he, unless he like took some, but her powers somehow, or like got really powerful, which I kind of thought was going to happen, but the fight between them would have been a non-fight. She would have just kicked him in the nads and that would have been the end of that but it was a little anticlimactic but i did i i still enjoyed it somewhat disappointed by the the fight sequences in this one compared to the first one because really the only the first one the first fight sequence in this is kind of hokey like we said the Mm -hmm. second one her powers are going away so she's not like as full throttle and then the third one had Kristen Wiig in it in the White House. <laughs> yeah, and they are all just like randomly in the White House. Her powers are still going away. And then the last one is her and Kristen. It just didn't live up to the first one, really. Yeah, I agree. This one did not have the same level of action sequences in it. And I think part of that has to do with Diana losing her powers. Yeah. But I don't know. Also, I think it had to do with Kristen Wiig. But I did like that Steve was around for some of the action sequences. I just liked, especially on the one on the road, seeing the two of them fight together. And that Steve, like, while he's a human, he's not helpless. Yeah. And that he can do things to help Diana out, even though, like, she doesn't necessarily need it. But, like, the help is 
appreciate it. Yeah, I was screaming at the TV during, like, right before that moving car fight scene when they're in Cairo. They're dri- He's driving the car. They take, they buy this car from this cab driver and they're, like, driving after the bad guys. And I'm like, Diana, get out of the, like, leave this man. What are you doing? Like, I was just so, I was like, what is going on because at that point we'd only gotten the first like it wasn't even a fight because those burglars like had no match for diana yeah so i'm just like come on girl and then it like goes back and she's in the the gear and she has her little headpiece on i'm like okay finally like let's Mm -hmm. go kick some ass bitch and then it was so dark and the last one it was like i kind of reminded me of the long night in game of thrones like it was kind of hard to see what was going on yeah, and, and also, also just I, like, what is this? <laughs> I think it was a bad usage of that beautiful gold costume to have it be revealed at night. Yeah. That is for an in-the-day mascara kind of setting when the sun is, like, radiating off of it. And we didn't get that. I was kind of like, that's kind of a waste of this really shiny gold costume. Yeah, and I wanted to see, I didn't want to see Kristen Wiig tearing it apart. I wanted to see, like, the juxtaposition of, like, the Romans tearing it apart to then now, like, the chaos of people tearing it apart. I felt like that would have been so much more powerful, especially after she said, like, I do so much for these people. Why Mm -hmm. can't? I have this one thing and this like kind of internal battle that I feel like she's now internalized after the first film of like, do these people really deserve me? Did I Mm -hmm. make the right decision by leaving my home to never return and to just live among these fucking horrible people? You know, like that would have been very powerful. And I don't know why we were just left with Kristen clawing (laughs) at it. Katie and I have thoughts. Katie and I haven't talked about how we feel about Kristen Wiig, but I have a feeling we're probably going to be on the same page about this. I think the overarching question that I have, and that maybe I'm hoping that some other people are wondering, is was she the right choice for this character? And I'm going to say no. (laughs) I would say no, too. However, I feel bad because I don't want to be the person that is like, you are a comedian, stick to comedy. Mikhail and I were talking and we were just like, remember when she had that random ass role in Mother <laughs> and she was just like shooting people in the head? Like, what the fuck? Who is Kristen so Wiig's random. manager? Like, what <laughs> crack cocaine are they smoking? But again, like, Kristen could just be wanting to... um show her range and she didn't flop in this you know she wasn't she didn't flop horrible. but i don't think action like i don't think she needs to do comedy but i don't think action action is like where it should be for her right i don't know what her intentions were here i'll give her like a six out of ten if i can rate her separately if we're doing like front of the movie 10 out of 10 i think yeah. she played that character so well I thought she was very endearing, very likable. I thought she played the front half of her character very well. It was when... In this, I'm like, I don't know if it's to blame on her or if it's to blame on, like, just the material that she was given. But I don't... I didn't like her character at the end. I don't think her anger came across in the right way. I don't like how her character ended. Which, again, it's like, that doesn't really have to do with her, but it 
like her interpretation of it, I still just didn't jive with at the end of like showing the anger of being like people like Diana get everything. Yeah. But it's like Diana was never a bitch to her. So I'm kind of like, I don't really get the anger towards Diana. I kind of do. And I kind of don't. Diana blew her off at first and was like, uh, not really. But then she came back right away and was like, actually, Hey, do you want to get dinner? Yeah. And like they had a nice dinner and they connected and then she came to the park and she like saved her. And Diana was never like upfrontly rude to her. So I'm kind of like, I don't really get where then all of a sudden she's like, fuck you, Diana. Yeah. Like I get it that she has like pent up anger at, at the world that she's now taking out against Diana. It just, I didn't like that her character went that direction. And I don't think she, tro- she Kristen Wiig showed the true like depth that I was supposed to feel with her character. Like she was someone that I didn't find myself like empathizing with at all, which I don't know if that's to her or to like the writing. I was very thrown and confused a couple times. I think part of this movie's issue too is that it's too long. I don't think it needed to be as long as it was. Granted, I understand that it's like establishing a different time and there's a lot that needs to be done in the exposition. So I get that. Don't come for me. I just felt like I had so much time to be thinking about Kristen Wiig and her character. And like, to be completely transparent at first, I was like lesbian. And then when that clearly wasn't the case, cause she's having sex with Max, I was like, okay, fine girl. And then I thought she was going to be this like revenge killer of like going mm-hmm. after all these rapey men, which then I was like, yeah, you go. I'm here for this story. I was ready for it. Then she's mad at the woman who saved her from that girl. I don't know. Also, she did wish to be like sexy like Diana and whoever thought putting her in like grunge hair and makeup equal sexy needs to be fired immediately yeah and i get that like they were trying to make her look dark but there was way better ways to do that like they had her in a dark denim jacket with spikes on it at the end and that is just a crime like that is not sexy dark character kristen wig is um, like beautiful her in that black dress she looked amazing so i don't know why they decided to go that route I don't know either. And like part of Diana's appeal is that she's so like effortlessly beautiful. So then why were they like amping up Kristen Wiig so much? Like they should have just kind of left her alone and like it would have been better. Also, how Katie pointed out with the like rapey man in the park that Kristen Wiig went after, which I was like, crush him. Yes. (laughs) Once again, at the beginning, I was just like the audacity that men have. So then I was like glad that she got her little moment. You're right. Then why did she turn around and get mad at Diana? So then I'm like, that sounds like a man writing this. So I just looked it up. I'm like, did a man write this? And Patty Jenkins wrote it with Jeff Johns and Dave Callahan. But like, does that not? So I don't know. I mean, she had her hand in it. Who knows how much she wrote how much she like supervised or whatever but does that not kind of sound like a male interpretation of that situation i i guess the change in barbara is also the name when yeah when they are like talking about having to renounce their wish she doesn't Mm -hmm. like that so that's kind of what turns her yeah i don't know it definitely seems like a man's interpretation i don't know why she would i thought she was gonna be like appealing to Diana and being like Mm -hmm. why would you want to give up your man like let's band together we can make this world good together with both of our powers you know like Mm -hmm. that's I think more of 
a logical approach for Barbara's character, but I guess also she like lost her warmth. So, so maybe that's, I don't know, but I think overall this film felt a lot less effortlessly feminist and I don't really know. I think there's multiple things contributing to that. In the first one, I remember watching it and being like, I am woman, hear me yes. roar. Like, I, Katie and I talked about this, that we were like, is this what men feel like all the time yeah. when they go to watch superhero movies? Because if so, like, how unfair? Because they have, like, 50 and we had one. Yeah. This one, I didn't necessarily feel that way as much. And I think part of it has to do with, like, just Diana's story and where it's going. I felt more of, like, a, just a human connection yeah. to the movie than, like, a feminist empowerment empowerment message from it yeah but i do agree that i think the first one was just naturally like really female empowerment and this one was not as much that way and it doesn't need to be i mean let's not get to a place as society where we're like every woman in a non-conventional women role needs to be a feminist like no let's get past that but i think when you have a woman superhero it's inherently feminist and it just Like Mikhail said, I wasn't like, hell yeah, women at the end of this. I was just like, okay, you're in love with your Mm -hmm. man. The first thing he says to her when he's back is like, you're so beautiful. You haven't aged a day. Like, what about commenting on something else? I didn't notice that, that that was his first I'm like, really? That's like, the first thing you're going to talk to her about? What about, but like, also what have you been funny doing of me. Like, you haven't aged a day and it's been a hundred years. <laughs> so it's been, like, a long time. <laughs> Just, like, this incredible... I feel like he's constantly forgetting that the woman he is with is, like, this insane human. Which maybe she likes, but she's not a human. But this insane specimen. Like, when he's, like, driving the car and he's like, what are you doing? No! It's like, she's going to fucking kick some ass, bro. Because she's way stronger than than you she doesn't need you park the car wait in the parking lot she'll be out in a sec like let her go and then him just being like i can't believe you have an age it's like yeah no shit you're fucking a goddess (laughs) (laughs) what do you expect i don't think that you meant this or i don't even remember now exactly what you just said but something about like her with like him coming back and like her being in love I just want to be at a place where it's, like, a female character can be in love and have that not be, like, a setback for women or, like, her character or anything. And I do think that this movie does a good job of, like, Steve doesn't set her back, really, But he kind of does. Like, him being back takes away her power. Yeah, but she realizes that and she, like, has the power to, like, renounce right. that. And, like, she gets the closure that she needs from it. Like, she gets her time and she can go. But I don't know, like, her being in love, I don't think, like, retracts from her story or, like, her personal growth. Agreed. Which I, I want that in everything moving forward. Like, I just, I hate the notion of being, like, a campy feminist right. if there's, like, a love interest involved. Right. That I would hope, how Katie said, like, we don't have to have, like, everything be, like, that every female character has to be like this. That I hope right. that also at the same time that, like, when there is a love interest that that doesn't make the female character like, weak or detract from her progression. I think, if anything, Steve gives her hope in mankind. Mm-hmm. Like, that is kind of what his character... I mean, at the end of the day, Steve's character serves Diana, where typically women yeah. characters serve the man. So I think that is, like, his purpose. 
and kind of why she feels like she needs him because her function is to like now that she's given up her old life her her function is to like save mankind but she's like at the beginning of this film kind of like sick of it and losing faith Mm -hmm. in that and steve comes right at the right time to like restore that for her but it's not like a savior thing Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like a personal source of strength right i definitely agree with you that like being in love is definitely not a strength subtractor strength subtract it's like a little sims like mood thing <laughs> yeah it's like slightly moves over okay i feel like this is kind of obvious but since it was talked about in the movie where people can make a wish katie what would have been your wish i was very surprised that no one was wishing for world peace especially when the missiles were flying i was like there's no one there's not a single person that's like for all this to stop you know i would wish for selfishly i would wish for a job (laughs) like in this immediate moment that's like the thing i want the most or to like have my movie be made yeah selfishly that is what i want but i i would hope that i would wish for like world peace or for the virus to go away what about you (laughs) i again i would like to say that i would be unselfish and wish for those things as well but honestly i went back and forth on this for a while and genuinely as stupid as it's gonna sound i think i would just wish that i would just be like happy yeah at like any point that i'm at in my life i thought like i could wish for success or be like that my books could get published or that this podcast could like blow up and we could become full-time on it but i could still be unhappy when those things happen I think back on my, this is gonna sound deep. I think back on my life and I just realized there are like very few moments where I look back and I'm like, I was genuinely happy in that moment. And that's kind of sad. And Katie and I always talk about, we're like, what do people do when they wake up and they're like not anxious? Yeah. Or they're like not depressed. I would love to just know what that's like. So I would just wish to be happy because I think then whether I'm like still in a job that's not creatively for fulfilling if I found happiness in that cool yeah. if I like found happiness in success great totally. I would just like to be happy that's smart <laughs> that was something I was thinking about too with Diana and like what sets her apart because I saw this thing that was like the reason why all of us are so anxious and sad all the time is because we set goals and we think that like certain things or like hitting certain milestones or like achieving certain things or like attaining certain things that's what's gonna make us happy but like if we have value-based goals like I want to be considerate I want to be happy I want to be honest and like just a good person like you'll be more fulfilled no matter what you're doing as long as you're like value being like a certain type of person is more achievable than like publishing a book or like having a movie you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. I think that's what sets Diana apart too is like she knows her goal is to just I want to be someone that fights for those who can't fight for themselves that is her struggle too because like she questions that but at the end of the day like that's kind of what sets her apart from mankind and and, like the truth that she shows them at the end is like you all want something but if we all just care about each other the way I care about Mm y'all things would be good okay just because there was a shift in costume in this one I just want to know Katie if you could like design your superhero costume you know what would what would you want it to look like? Or would there be like certain features that you would want on it? 
Hmm. It's like your own Incredibles moment with right. Edna Mode. <laughs> with Edna Mode. Um, I like high waist. That's the one thing that I will for sure need to have. Um, because if we're working with a skin tight situation, like a lot of superhero things do, mm-hmm. it's definitely got to be high waist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I. I'm envisioning this and I'm already looking a little funky, but I like maybe like a high waist and a a fun sports bra, something mm-hmm. or other, and then like a robe over that. Oh, a robe. That flows. That's where I'm at right now. What about you? I agree, especially because things tend to be tight. Um, I'd want something like really stretchy and like really flexible material, but also like keeping me sucked in and like yeah. shapely, you know, yeah. I think it would have to be, I'd want a one piece, but what, because like if I'm fighting, I wouldn't want to worry about my pants falling down because I wouldn't want to wear a belt, Right. but it would need to be easy to take on and off for the bathroom because that's a pain. <laughs> so it'd have, we'd have to figure something out there. Um, definitely long sleeves. I love long sleeves. We don't like short sleeves over here. And combat boots. I don't know. I'd want like some really cool like buckled combat boots. And I think it would be black and teal. Yeah. And I would like a cape that I could like take off or like put on with a hood. Cool. So like again, kind of like how you were saying with the robe that you wanted to like billow out. I want like a cape that kind of like goes over my shoulders with like a hood. Right. And, like, a little clasp that I can take off when I need, but then, like, put on when I want. Cool. Anyways, it would not be... Because I just got to think about that looking at the gold armor. I'm like, that looked so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, like, if you could design it, I would never design something like that gold armor. Same. All right. Well, did we do it? We did it. So, yeah, that was our coverage of Wonder Woman. And this is our last episode of 2020. Next week, we're going to be doing a New Year episode. I know if you're concerned that your question did not get answered in our one year anniversary episode, we screenshotted them, we saved them, we're going to answer them in the next episode, our New Year episode, and we're going to be talking about our favorite movies and TV shows of 2020 and asking you guys what your favorite movies of 2020 and TV shows of 2020 were. So be thinking on that and be ready to participate on our Instagrams. Mm Speaking of that, follow us on Instagram. They are listed in the description of this episode. If you're streaming on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, be sure to follow us so that you are seeing our new episodes on your homepage each week and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating and review if you are listening there. And subscribe to our individual YouTube channels as well. And Michaela's TikTok and my TikTok, even though I'm not super active on TikTok, I have two. So go give them a watch. We also have a Popcorn Chats TikTok. And a Popcorn Chats TikTok. As active on that one as well. We're going to work on that. You could post the Adam Driver and Taylor Swift ones on there. All right, everyone. Have a safe week. And we will see you in the new year. Lilas. Lilas.